Hey, ding dong. Hey, welcome back. Welcome <laughs> to Paranormal Hometown Haunt. It's a Hometown Haunt episode. Woo-woo. And guess what? What? We have lots of Hometown Haunts to discuss. I know, you guys. We asked and you delivered. Yeah. Thanks for sending us your stories. We have we actually have to not tell you some. So yeah. we'll be saving some for later. But like, keep emailing us your Hometown Haunts. Um, paranormalpod at gmail.com or direct message Marie or Mm -hmm. direct message us on Instagram or send it to me as well but most people for some reason send it to your email um, or they direct message uh, on page on paranormalpod uh, at paranormalpod on Instagram Instagram, yeah Yeah. Um, or if you're a Patreon obviously uh, we will read yours read yours um, and of course, Patreons get priority stories, so yeah, um, we will read theirs uh, before anybody else's. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you want to just dive right into them then? Yeah, I do. Okay. So this one I got to my personal email address, which is always fun for me. Okay. Because when I get them to my personal email, it tells me that people are starting from the beginning of our catalog. Oh dear, that scares and me. And they're, but it makes me happy that they've reached out because true. I'm like oh you liked it even when it was bad yeah that's true <laughs> that is true yeah fair enough so okay um the subject line is just ghost stories perfect hello my name is Jess I've been listening to your podcast I really enjoy listening to it and I'm still working on catching up I have some stories that you may be interested in featuring on your podcast a little about me is I've been born and raised in Utah I was raised in a Mormon household, but I never fit in. After turning 18, I finally worked on moving past my childhood trauma by researching witchcraft. I've now been practicing for over two years, and I'm much happier and healthier than prior. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. One of the many reasons why I started studying witchcraft, other than always being drawn to it my entire life, is that in the Mormon church, when taught in Utah, it's very taboo to talk about seeing and hearing other spirits other than the Holy Ghost, Mm -hmm. but I've been sensitive to the other side my entire life. I think my Catholic dad is that way too. Not even, I think, not about seeing spirit. Okay, not about seeing spirits, but about using tarot cards or whatever. Oh, really? To, yeah, because apparently like seeking out the truth from any anything other than god oh, is seen oh, as yes. like like a demonic yes, type of yeah, it's sacrilege thing. yes um so i get where she's coming from when yes. she says that mm-hmm. um so she goes on to say i had asked my mom multiple times throughout my life about it and around the age of 16 she finally told me stories about how my family members all have had various experiences and i remember being there for a few of them Okay. Needless to say, I have many stories from myself, my friends, and my family. So if you want to hear some more than the five I'm going to send in this email. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, yeah, I want them. Sorry. <laughs> if you have any, if, if this goes too long, we'll just cut some of them out and I'll add them to the next hometown sure. hall. But yeah. if you have any questions or want me to clarify anything, don't hesitate to email me back. Also, little note, I'm sensitive to spirits in that I can see, hear, feel emotionally and physically. Oh, wow. Awesome. Because I have so many stories, I'm going to send you the first one I remember with the best details. Two of my scariest ones, my most recent story and one of my boyfriend's many stories. 
When I was growing up, I was raised in a town called Magna. It's a small town just outside of Salt Lake City. It was originally a mining town for two mines near the area. It's very haunted, old, and best known for its historical main street. Growing up in this area, I wasn't afraid of its streets and its attitude. The only place that really scared me in the town was the cemetery just outside of it. The cemetery is on an off-road from one of the last main roads of town, and I'm not the only resident who has experienced strange phenomena around there. I personally have a family member who was buried there. They passed when I was around age 10. I don't have the best memory, but it has stuck with me. After the funeral, my mom wanted us to go out and place some flowers on their grave. I decided to go along and pay my respects. I had only met this person once or twice my whole life, so it wasn't very personal. It wasn't a very personal loss for me, but it was for my mom. We picked out flowers in their favorite color from when they were with us and then went to the cemetery. As we pulled onto the road that leads into the cemetery, I was met with a gut feeling of get the fuck out. I didn't say anything to my mom because she needed this to mourn and move on. When we pulled up to the little space in front of her grave, my mom parked the car and said, let's go. I had a feeling to stay put, but I ignored it to again be there for my mom. As soon as I opened my door, I felt a lot of energy that was still there. It felt like the body was there and they didn't move on prior to being placed in the ground or that like their spirits were trapped in the land from then on. My foot hit the ground and my stomach dropped. I felt several hands on my feet and my legs. I was trying to walk over to the grave that was only five feet away from the car and I was struggling. My legs and feet were being pulled down so much that my mom made a comment saying, aren't you coming? I responded with, I'm working on it. Once I got to the grave, I set up the flowers very suddenly and all of the hands around my legs and feet disappeared and I felt a hug and I knew instantly it was my family member protecting me from the other spirits who were trapped. I told my mom in the car after we were almost home and she made no comment and still hasn't to this day. I have only returned a couple of times since that experience and whenever I go, I make sure to not leave the car until I know that my family member is there to keep the other spirits at bay. For the next couple of stories, I personally lit a protection candle and grabbed my pentagram for my personal safety. I recommend that you grab something that you feel protects you too. Also, giving a trigger warning, one of the stories talks about sensitive topics like rape, murder, sexual assault, and drug overdose. I've got my um, my Catholic pendant around my neck for protection. Okay. Oh, I'm kind of scared to read this now. Sorry. Um, the first story that I'm going to tell you happened earlier this year, about February 2021. At the time, my boyfriend and I were both still living at home with no privacy and we wanted to have some time to ourselves and enjoy each other's company in private. One day after work, I drove over to his home, picked him up, and we went to a hotel that was nearby. While driving to the hotel, we noticed that it had a backway entrance. As we were pulling up, we were both starting to get what's best described as an interesting feeling. Both of us had grown up around paranormal events and places, so it doesn't really catch us off guard to find haunted places near any of our hometowns. We just shook it off and wanted to be able to have some privacy, so we went in. Upon entering the building, there wasn't too much energy. I could tell it was an active spot, but decided not to talk about it until after we left because the feeling of discussing it while there felt like it was going to make things worse. Our room was on the second floor and it was 
a good bit down the hall from the elevator. As we walked down the hall, I felt the past energy of what happened there. Some examples were drug overdose, sexual assault, rape, murder, and suicide. Each room was haunted by negative energies that just got worse and worse with each one we passed. We got to the room just before hours and we heard what sounded like loud sobbing and the energy that radiated off of it was rape, murder, and suicide. Throughout most of the night, we heard the loud sobbing and whispering, so we turned on the TV to try and drown it out a little bit. Shortly after finding a show that we liked, we heard loud banging. We weren't sure what it was, so we decided to shake it off and leave it alone. We were cuddling and my boyfriend needed to use the restroom. He got up and went to use it, and as I was laying in the bed by myself, I felt like I was standing in the middle of a circle of men. Yeah, the feeling, I know, the feeling of eyes just staring me down. After my boyfriend got into the restroom and shut the door, I felt many different hands on me, and I was so uncomfortable, I hid under the blankets until my boyfriend returned. Once he got back, the circle feeling went away to a group to my left towards the window. I asked him if next time I could come with him, and he just simply agreed, because more details later, he was feeling strange things too. We began to cuddle and watch TV again, and as we were doing so, we suddenly heard the sobbing stop. About 10 minutes later, we heard a loud bang, and the entire bed bounced as if a full-grown man had fallen hard onto it. After that, we decided to try and get some sleep because I did have work the next day. Neither my boyfriend nor I could sleep. The feeling of eyes lured on me all night. We got up the next morning and got ready to check out before I had to go to work. As we were gathering our things, he decided to double check if we put anything inside the drawers of the TV stand, and we didn't, so he closed it. Then we finished getting on our shoes. He was sitting on the side of the bed that was opposite of the window, and the drawers that he had opened then closed. I was standing next to the corner of the bed closest to him because I still felt eyes on me, and I was still feeling unsettled. As he finished getting on his last shoe, he was going to ask about if I was feeling everything that he was feeling. I looked him dead in the eye and said, not here. It will make interesting breakfast conversation. Once I finished that sentence, the last drawer that my boyfriend had opened flew back open and we grabbed our shit and got the fuck out of there. As we were pulling out of the parking lot and drove away, I felt the eyes following me until we were at a safe distance. We then started talking in the car. So did you feel those energies, he asked while driving to Denny's? Yeah, I replied. We sat in silence for a brief moment. Did you feel anything or anyone touch you, I asked to break it? Yeah, as I got up to go to the restroom, I felt hands pushing me off the bed. I felt like there was a lot of staring energy towards you, though. They were looking right past me. Do you think those sobs were actually happening or do you think they were a memory, he asked, trying to make sense of it. The energy felt like it was repeating like a loop of an endless hell that hasn't stopped since it started, I said. I don't think we would have felt the bed bounce if it was not for being in a loop. I felt several hands on me when you went to the restroom, and that's why I was hiding when you got back, I said. Are you okay then, he asked. He was very concerned because he knows I'm more sensitive than him and I can feel a lot more. No one attached themselves to us, and as long as we never go back there, I'm fine, I replied. Um, We arrived at Denny's and continued our conversation while waiting for our food, trying to debunk anything that we could to tell if it was actually haunted or not by the end of our meal, and we just agreed to never return. Every time we drive past it to get to his house, I still feel the eyes on me, but it's at least no longer the feeling of hands all over my body.
Okay, so I'm about halfway through Jessica's email right now. That's yep. the end of the first story. Two stories. Okay. Um, and so I think I'm going to save the rest for our Good next idea. hometown haunt because it gets scarier and there's so much more. Yes. So I saw the email. I haven't yeah. seen the stories, but I've yeah. seen the email. The length and it's of the very email. long. It's quite long. Yes. And I also have a very long story to read. Okay. So. Um, I'm going to read one from our Patreon, Courtney, uh, because they get preferential treatment because they pay us. Because they pay us. Thank you, Courtney, for paying us. Thank you, Courtney. We also love you despite that. Yes. Um, (laughs) We'd love you even if you didn't pay us. Yes. But also, uh, yeah, we've got a story from Courtney and um, she also has like a little like intro that i'd like to share with you too okay so sweet maria nicolina how are you fabulous ladies doing i'm hoping lockdown ends for you guys soon i have an experience to share with you hopefully it will help pass a little time also marie congratulations on growing a tiny human thank you you're a rock star oh i wish that you were a nurse in canada because i'd make you come to my delivery room there you go (laughs) what a sweetheart okay so her story Two years ago, I lived in downtown D.C. for a few months while on a work assignment. I rented a room on the third story of a beautiful row home that was built in the 50s-ish. It was a super cool neighborhood with lots of families, and I loved the house. I would eat dinner in the living room at night after work, and I could hear the kid from the neighboring home laughing and running up and down the stairs through the wall. It was surprisingly comforting and made me feel not so isolated and far from home. After I had been there a little over a week, I went into the basement for the first time to do laundry and the entire feel of the house immediately changed. It was a really nice finished underground basement with the tile floors. It didn't feel basement-y at all. But the exact minute my feet landed on the floor at the bottom of the stairs, I knew I was somewhere I I was not supposed to be. I felt a sour feeling in my stomach and I felt static on both of my ears like someone had rubbed two balloons together and then held them on each side of my head. I had an intrinsic feeling that I was trespassing and that I was being watched from all angles. I saw a group of old men circled around me screaming. Oh my God. Ah. So similar to the thing I just read. Yeah, yeah. I never saw this image with my eyes, but my brain saw it, if that makes any sense. Yes. All of their faces were fixed in a screaming expression, almost like I was looking at a life-size picture, but I heard no noise. I threw my laundry in the wash and hauled ass back upstairs, where I was still sketched out, but the sour feeling and intensity subsided. I don't know how I knew this, but somehow I was very confident that the men and whatever the else the fuck was down there could not come upstairs. I waited for my housemate to come home before I went back down to get my clothes. I asked him if he ever got a weird vibe from the basement. He told me he never had. Lovely. The next morning, as I was walking out the front door to leave for work, I ran into my neighbor, who I shared a wall with on one side, the one whose house I heard the kid laughing in at night. I introduced myself and asked her how many kids she had. She immediately gave me the look. Fuck, I know that look. I give people that look all the time when they assume... That surely I must have procreated because I'm a female in my 30s from the South. I never assume that anyone has kids. It's such a personal subject and for for some a painful subject. Yet here I was straight up asking her. In my defense, I did hear a legit child laughing through the wall and running up the stairs. Right. 
My house was at the end of the row. Only one wall was shared and it was hers. She told me she didn't have any kids and peaced out. Yikes. I tried to explain my reason for asking, but I think she was too annoyed to listen. I could not stop thinking about it all day at work. I felt absolutely terrible, but also was scared as shit because if she had no children, who am I hearing every night? That evening when I got home, the sound of the laughing continued, but not through the wall. This time, for the first time, the sound was coming from inside my house. No. Like right in front of me on the stairs. The call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) I was petrified, but didn't feel like I had felt in the basement. This was a very different energy, and somehow my subconscious knew that there was some barrier between the basement and upstairs, so I felt safe-ish. I just knew I wasn't alone and got the exact same feeling I had back in my college dorm from Emma that night years before, which we've talked about on like like 30 episodes ago. The only thing I knew to do was to yell for the noise to stop, and it did. Now, let's clarify something. If there's one kind of ghost I don't fuck with, it's a child ghost. A coast, if you will. A coast. <laughs> a chost. A chost. Sorry. A chost, if you will. That's incredible. To me, they are by far the creepiest with the potential to be the most sinister. So at this point in my mind, I'm thinking I either have a chost or a poltergeist. Either way, I'm not a fan. Every night for the next few weeks, the same thing happened at 8.30 p.m. on the dot. Loud running and laughing that stopped on command most times. I never felt in danger, though. I started doing laundry at a co-worker's house because I refused to go back down in the basement. After I'd been there about a month, the energy ramped up a bit. My bathroom was at the very top of the stairs. One night, I had gotten out of the shower and opened the bathroom door to the sound of super loud running footsteps stomping up the stairs directly towards me as if someone were running full speed and about to knock me down. It was so fast and loud that I went back on my heels and grabbed the doorframe, fully expecting to be mowed down, but nothing ever touched me. The sound stopped right in front of me. This little bitch. I demanded to be left alone and for nothing to enter my bedroom, which is right around the corner from the bathroom. The noises actually quieted down after that considerably, to the point where I felt semi-normal while in the house. After all, it wasn't the first time I'd shared a space with someone something I couldn't see. About a month later, I was playing guitar in the sitting room upstairs, and I could tell that something was moving out of the corner of my eye in the doorway. Every time I looked in that direction, it stopped. As soon as I looked back down at my guitar, I could see movement out of my peripheral vision again. I decided to set my phone to record the doorway. I will never forget, I was playing Sweet Annie by the Zac Brown Band. Afterwards, I watched the video and the door to the room was moving with the beat of the music very slightly. No. Like just barely, but it was methodical to the tune of the song. It was an old door, solid heavy wood with cast iron doorknobs. There were no fans on. The windows didn't even open. Literally no kind of draft could have moved that heavy door. The next day at work, I opened my phone to show the video to my coworkers because I'd been telling them about the things happening at the house and the video was gone. No. I checked my recently deleted folder thinking maybe I accidentally hit a wrong button. It wasn't there. It was like I had never taken it. Oh my God. Wild. That was the last bit of activity that I recall there. Before I left for good, I made a verbal demand for whatever was there not to follow me. Y'all know how I do. 
I asked my housemate about the noises frequently during the time I was there. He said he had never heard them. I'm wondering if it's because his portion of the house was added on and not part of the original building. Also, I remember reading somewhere once that child spirits tend to be attracted to adult females over males because of a maternal sense. So I also think maybe that could have been a factor. Who knows? It was pretty bizarre to say the least. I know 100% that whatever was in the basement was not the same thing that was upstairs. I got polar opposite vibes and to this day it still gives me anxiety thinking about that basement. It's honestly made me weary about going into any basement since, even at my Nana's house that I had been playing in since I was a child. I have more stories from working in a hospital that I'll start compiling together for you guys. Your podcast gives me so much joy on my commutes and I love you ladies an absolute 10. Stay spooky and I'll message again soon. Lots of love, Courtney. Oh my God, Courtney, I love you so much. Yeah, you are the realist ever. Yeah. I wish that we could get all haunted hospital stories. Yeah, those or all are pretty stories from nurses. Badass. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking terrifying. That was terrifying. Like, yeah. I know she's sent us like a couple other stories. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that one to be as entertaining, and it was 10 out of 10. <laughs> Always is, is 10 out of 10 yeah. with Courtney. She's just, she, yeah. Because she's 10 out of 10. Because she's 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, yeah, Courtney, thank you again for your stories. Send in your your nursing uh, hospital stories as well. Uh, Love to hear those. Yes, for sure. So obviously we have much more hometown haunts to get through. Oh my God, Um, so many. And I have another story that we didn't get through. So, but guys, keep on sending yours. We will actually try and do more in -hmm. following episodes to get them all all in. Um, And yeah, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah, stay spooky, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!